Good morning, Haven Underground Nation. Well, welcome to the Haven Underground Podcast. I'm Clayton. And I'm Jimmy. And on today's episode, we're going to talk how, a little bit of sports, how uh, Patrick Mahomes just became a half-billionaire overnight. And uh, we'll get into a little bit about the outlook on college sports for the fall here. And I think we're going to get into a, a newer realm of sports where we're going to talk a little esports. Esports. So, welcome to the episode. Hope you guys have fun. And we're back at the Haven Underground podcast. And before we get into all those good topics that we mentioned, as we like to do here, we start off each segment with a little taste test review. And this one might be a little bit different. It is about 9.30 in the morning. So, well, we would like to say that maybe we cracked open a cold beer already. We didn't. We're being responsible. We're, we're good responsible. I wouldn't adults. say responsible. Uh, Maybe some days, um, but uh, we're drinking a little coffee. In my coffee mug this morning, I have a fresh ground, fresh brewed Ethiopian blend from our local uh, coffee shop in town that we're not going to mention because uh, they didn't pay us yet. Um, but that's what I'm drinking—a nice little Ethiopian fresh ground coffee blend. What's in What's in your cup? A little Folgers? Nothing is cultured. What you got going yeah, on? Yeah. Um, I'm going with a super deluxe, ultra smooth, incredibly fine cup of Maxwell House. Maxwell House? That's what yeah, you're drinking? Yeah, yeah. I just, I, so like I, I go with the. Uh, used to be a Folgers guy, you know. Yeah. And then I, I made the switch to Maxwell House, and and the the girlfriend likes making her own cold brew coffee. Yeah. So, so, so cold brew Maxwell House. So cold brew Maxwell House. Yeah. It just she let it. I don't know. I always thought it was like some fancy process, and literally all you do is let coffee grinds sit in a filter and sit in yeah. water for like 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, we have one of those. We yeah. have one of those. It's like you let it set for like overnight or whatever. Yeah. You got it ready to go, and it's good. And it I, is. I switched back and forth between cold brew and, and regular hot, but this morning was one of those. Yeah, I just I just need something yeah. ASAP. So I'm on like my third cup. Yeah, I, I like your I like your style. I mean, if you ever get the chance, man, I know it's a little fancier. Coming from the guy that's drinking out of one of those uh, $50 Yeti coffee mugs, um, it, it might be. He's like, yeah, it, it was a little more than 50 No, 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 no. <laughs> Is see, that the $75 like Yeti? The, see, I'm on like the, I'm on like the Yeti uh, uh, like fan club. And mm. I, I buy so much there that I don't know if I actually get discounts or if my mind just says, oh, that's not that bad just because yeah, I buy so much uh-huh, stuff there. Uh-huh. Why don't you buy a couple $400 coolers? It's nice. It's nice. I like it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bust on you. My only complaint is it doesn't fit cup holders and cups. Uh, that handles a little, it's a little too, fat. Yeah, handles yeah. a little fat. Yeah, gotta get so. one of those cup holder extenders. See, that just that's a lot of stuff that I don't need. Yeah, but doesn't Yeti make one for you? They probably do. It's probably out if there. not, I'll, I'll put it in the suggestion. Yeah, put I'll it in, in the suggestion box. But oh well, hey, it's getting me through the morning, so we're good to go. Good that's to go. Up. Let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little. Patty Mahomes here. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, give yeah. it to us. So, I was sitting on my couch, and I about fell off my couch when I, everybody knows Patrick Mahomes is the next big thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's the guy, you know. But I think that I think that everyone expected him to get a, you know, at least at least like a two three hundred million dollar contract for probably. For probably like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. 
But then they come out with the whole 10 years, $503 million, half a bill. Half a bill. Half a bill. And I just, I think it's fitting. But mm-hmm. at the same time, as a Cowboys fan, this is killing me <laughs> for the Dak Prescott deal. Because now, now Dak's in there. Well, my gosh. I'm as good as Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I yeah. Can, I can get just as much. And Jerry Jones is sitting there shaking in his shorts. Does he have a playoff win yet? No. Listen, as a Cowboys fan, I'll be the first to tell you, Dak doesn't deserve that one. Dak deserves a good contract, but not like that. But back to, back to Patty. Great for him. Mm-hmm. I think, I yeah. think it's awesome. The, and it really sets the precedent where every year you have this major quarterback deal mm-hmm. that – Sets it for the next one. Mm-hmm. So guaranteed, the next quarterback contract that comes up, it's going to be more. Yeah, and but what's crazy is it's usually like each quarterback deal that gets done is usually like an upgrade by like ten or twenty mil, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. This skyrockets it almost, yeah. almost two hundred fifty million more. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just setting the you know the next step in contracts. This is the next leap over the Grand Canyon for NFL quarterback contracts. Absolutely. And I'm all about it, but at the same time... Is it too much? Is it too much for any athlete, even the MVP of the league, mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP, yeah. to... Is it is it too much? I, I get torn up because I sit there and say, there's no... No one needs to be making that much money playing football, mm-hmm. okay, for for actually what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But then another part of me sits there and says, "Well, look at the amount of money that the NFL brings in, and that you the know, NFL, the owners, teams, the teams, you know, mm-hmm. bring in, and also the sacrifices that these guys are making on their body, their families, yep. that that kind of stuff. It I, doesn't justify. I don't, I don't want to say it, but at the same time, it's it's relevant." Patrick Mahomes could take one snap and be done. Yeah. And that, that, his career, he could have a career-ending injury at any play. Yeah. Any and, play. And that, and that's the thing. And so, like, what's crazy is so we baseball contracts the last couple of years have been reaching up in the two, three hundred million, you know, dollar range. You know, Bryce Harper three hundred million for ten years. Um, so I think it was fitting that the largest football contract goes to. Um, Patty Mahomes. The only thing, the only thing I wasn't sure of is I'll have to look it up. Where um, did they did they say like what was guaranteed? Like uh, is it all guaranteed or? I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Uh, I mean, after taxes, he's probably making half of that, so we need to factor that in. But yeah, yeah. I mean, so you're looking at two hundred around two hundred fifty mil, but mm-hmm. so. And that's, that's really something that maybe your average fan or anybody that's watching any news in the next week or two, whenever they're talking about it, they see that half billion dollars and they go, oh, an athlete's making so much money. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't really consider that where they're in the highest tax bracket, yeah. right? And um, I, don't, I don't know what the tax rate is there in Kansas City, but I mean, if you're looking at some of those top athletes in California, for example, they're making about 50% of their contracts. 50% yeah, so, is going to taxes. So all of those big contracts automatically take about almost half that off mm-hmm. for, for just the taxes, you know, federal mm-hmm. taxes being, you know, being in the highest tax bracket. But then what they got to remember is each state 
these players pay taxes because technically they get paid by the game. Mm -hmm. And each game they play in a different state, different city, they have to also pay the taxes from those states yep. and cities. Yep. So if you look at New York, or New, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers, but they have like a like an entertainment tax or luxury tax mm -hmm. where they charge their players every game they play in the state of New York, you know, a certain tax from there. So so if you're looking at it, you can almost take 50 off off the bat, 50% off, and then for just say over the course of playing in all the different cities, take another 25% off. It's they're depending. almost getting only a quarter of that contract. Yep, depend, depending on the situation and where they're playing. Yeah, where, yeah, where they're playing at. And that really comes back to um, – the pushback that a lot of the players are having about starting um, a team overseas and starting yes. a team in Europe and why some of them might not be happy whenever they play those um, just that one or one game yeah. um, over in London, for example, or Mexico City, right? Yeah. Because they're paying taxes there too then. Yeah. And it, it's probably at a higher rate there not having the – So the, when you think about it from like football players, it's almost more – beneficial mm -hmm. to have like you know because a lot of your entry-level guys are you know making like you know half a million a year you know or something like that it's almost beneficial to have a sub million dollar a year contract mm -hmm. and play for you know 10 12 15 years in the league than it is to have like an eight nine ten year run making half a bill because you're going to get swamped in the taxes and lose almost all of it anyway. You know what I mean? But I always, I always say the best, the best job, the best job in sports is that, that third string quarterback, you know, right. you know, you're just on the practice squad. You get to enjoy all the benefits of yep. being a professional athlete. Yep. And then uh, you're having a good life wanna, afterwards. I just want to be the guy that, uh, that catches like the punters, like, balls and stuff out on the practice field. Yeah, and just yeah. like the punter. I just play catch with the punter all the time. That'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, but look, look at it up here. So Mahomes' contract will be fully guaranteed $63 million when he signs a contract. It will then bump up to $103.5 million guaranteed by March of 2021. So by March of next year, it moves up to a little over $100 million guaranteed. And then by March 2022, it bumps up to just above $140 million guaranteed. So at this point, there's only like $142 million of that guaranteed. I did, I, they didn't release exact details. I know some people said that it was a lot of, uh, it was really like incentive-based, mm -hmm. you know, based off of, you know, for playoff appearances, yep. performance. You and know, that's how like a lot that. of those contracts are. I, I think that's how it should be. Yeah. I, I, I've, said, I've said it for years, especially learning more and more about the stuff from, from you know, college and readings and, and research and stuff i think that all athletes contracts i think that you make a base i think there should be a base system like you know your first year everybody comes to the league makes x amount but there can be things added on based on your performance um and then each you know so say you know one to three years you make this much and then um incentives are x amount then three to five years you know, you bump up the base salary, but then more goes on to it instead of base. And same on, and same on. That's the way to keep it. Every, that's the way to keep it fair. But at the same time, it, it keeps the players with those teams too, exactly. because in those first few years, well, let's say Patrick Mahomes has just average years yeah. those first three, and they're like, oh, 
we're going to try to trade them here yeah. because we don't want to eat that salary for average performance. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, right, and it's up to $140 million per year, yep. are you going to eat that? You know? So it's yep. – it's, it's it's very team favorable. It's but it but it's fair to players. It is. The team. only time it doesn't be fair to players is say you have a you know you have two second year guys, and one is the you know second string left tackle, and the other one's your starting quarterback. You know, so one of them's you know taking more hits, putting in more work, you know that kind of stuff, but he's making the same amount. But that's where the incentive part comes into play. Mm-hmm. So the athletes will say that's not fair. Well, the problem is it's so fair that it makes them look entirely selfish in every other way, and and I'm all about I'm all about the sacrifice that these guys make, and they deserve to get paid a lot of money. But they do. In, in order to, because what, what nobody thinks about is the more these players get paid, the more ticket prices go up. The more ticket, yeah, and, and that's the way that the owners sell it too. Is uh, like hey, hey we got we, Patty Mahomes here. So yeah, we gotta we gotta pay for it. Ticket just show up to six hundred. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like that. I've never, I've never been to an NFL game, and part of my, part of my reasons for it is it's one, great. I can't afford it. Yeah. Two, I, I just, I've always been more of a fan of college football, but mm-hmm. I just, I can't get over as like, oh well, my well, god. Well, uh, I guess I, I was gonna make Clayton eat his words there. I was like, didn't you go to the Super Bowl? But we didn't, we didn't go we didn't to, see, the I didn't go to the game that year. So we, yeah. I, I went to the location and just didn't go to the game. Yeah, yeah. But so good for Patrick Mahomes, whatever. And it's funny when I type in the Patrick Mahomes new contract right here. The top one of the top stories from NFL.com is winners and losers from Patrick Mahomes contract extension. And the two top losers it says is uh, Sean Watson and Jerry Jones. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this is, is going to kill Jerry Jones. And, uh-huh. But yeah. and here's my other thing. Is you see, I saw Andy Reid, uh, you know, he did like a check-in with like ESPN or whatever. He's wearing his, you know, Hawaiian shirt, whatever, mm-hmm. and he's like, Holy oh, yeah, this man. is great, whatever. I love Andy Reid. Definitely. I do too. He's probably my top. He's probably my favorite coach in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. if not top two or three. And but my thing is, is he gonna coach for ten more years? Oh, ten more? Mm, I don't think I don't so, think buddy. So. I don't think so. I, don't think so. I, I might he he might be down to his last two or three. I'm gonna say without any more Super Bowls, I'm yeah. thinking two or three more years. But if he wins a if you know, makes a couple deep playoff rounds, wins a couple, maybe that extends to like five, maybe six tops. Yeah. But he's not gonna be there for ten years. Yeah. So what happens with that? Because you know how it goes. He's got a nice uh, broadcasting gig as soon oh, as this finishes up. Right. He, he seems like they a nice family here. guy. So huh? they would get him here. Oh, I'm sure he would. Join I think us. he'd love to have yeah. him on the Haven Underground podcast. Yeah. That, that'd be the total. That's his dream right now. Yeah, he'll on. probably do. Probably do a, a segment a week. Probably we can get him in here. Yeah, we can get him. In here. We don't even need to get him in here. We can just send a mic to him and uh, get somebody to figure this out for we'll us. See if and, he'll uh, pay the we'll shipping. Him in. Yeah, we'll see if he can pay the shipping. Yeah, he might have to cover that shipping cost. But uh, uh, so, uh, re- read those stats that you found there for Patrick uh, Mahomes, where it breaks it down to like. How much he's making per year, like per month, per yeah, week. Yeah, so this is interesting numbers from ESPN, um, our friends over at ESPN. Yeah, so good total friends. contract, $503 million for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, wonderful, half a bill, love it. A year, $50.3 million. Mm-hmm. One day, mm-hmm. $137,808 a day. <laughs> Oh man! Gotta be kidding me. Let's break it down further. Let's go to an hour. 
This man now makes $5,742 an hour. So over this segment, he's making how much? He's he's $5,000? He's going to make close to $6,000 just in this segment. Hmm. Isn't that insane? That's probably um, probably about how much we're making in this hour too. But I mean, um, yeah, yeah. a minute, ninety six dollars a minute. Ninety six dollars a minute. Oh man, we should just we should just take a quick pause for a minute. And he made ninety six, ninety six dollars. Yeah. In a minute. Well, here, here, you want to hear one? So this means this that Patrick Mahomes. Every second of every day, this man now makes one dollar and sixty cents. Every second. That's awesome. Every second. That's so, awesome. Good so for him. Basically, in five seconds, he could pay my toll to turn grab the turnpike here to Philly. <laughs> every five seconds. Oh man. Isn't that insane? It is. And and whenever you break it down like that. We probably have all of our listeners like, yeah, he's getting paid too much. But let's go back to it. And we both agreed that athletes are fairly compensated. Yes. Maybe some could be paid even a little bit more. You can make that argument yeah. um, just because they're entertainers. They're here to entertain us. Look at the NFL making over a billion dollars per year. Yeah. Um, but breaking it down, I love to look at other high paid celebrities. Yes. Okay, so looking at other athletes, looking at other entertainers. So I have the Forbes highest paid celebrities of 2020, and this is their annual earnings before taxes, legal fees, and payments to their managers and other representatives. Any ideas who number one is here, Clayton? Is it Patrick Mahomes? No. It's it, not Patrick I, Mahomes. So what I was going to say, so, so looking at this list here, I was definitely going to say that – uh, Lionel Messi. Yep, he's on there. Was was, was going to be? I thought he was going to be top three. Okay. And I was going to say Kanye was also like top five. Kanye West. We um, talked about him last episode. Yeah, but I was thinking also then LeBron would have uh-huh. been top ten. Yep. Nope. So so nope. what we got? Give, give me like give me like top five. Okay, so number one, Taylor Swift. Singer-songwriter from the United States. I'm sure we all know her. T-Swizzle. She is making $185 million a year. $185. So going back, Patrick Mahomes, biggest contract in the NFL at half a billion for 10 years. Not even close. So Taylor Swift, $185. Number two, Kylie Jenner, $170.5 million. Number three, coming in... uh, in the same family there, I guess, right? Uh, in-laws, we got Kanye West, $150.2 million. Okay, number four, the first athlete on the list, Lionel Messi at $127 million. Okay, so you have to get down to number four before you even have an athlete there and the best soccer athlete at that. Number five is Ed Sheeran, $110 million. Six, another soccer player. Cristiano Ronaldo at 109.2, and then you have another athlete, Neymar Jr. at 105. So you have three soccer players there making out your top 10, and then you have to get down to number 10 for Canelo Alvarez, a professional boxer out of Mexico at 94.5 million dollars. And the way that they do it for boxing is that's that's all in winnings. Yeah. Um. So that's all in winnings there. Um. 
Well, that's me. And if you're a good boxer and you you get those wins, uh, you you can make a lot of money doing so. So, top three sports you think of mm-hmm. like by popularity mm-hmm. right now? You think NFL, mm-hmm. NBA, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball? Yep, in our, in the states, absolutely. In the states, mm-hmm. and then number four is usually MLS. Mm-hmm. Okay, Major League Soccer. It on that list. It takes you until number fourteen on the list. To get an athlete from one of those three sports. <laughs> yep. Russell Wilson. Yep. But the only thing I have about this list is Patrick Mahomes' 503 mil is just contract. Mm-hmm. They don't include endorsements. Yep, yep, yep. And all, that's, all these guys have endorsements and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like Lionel Messi and Ronaldo, they, they, they're sponsored by like Adidas and, and things like that. You will. Where, where's your endorsements for Patrick Mahomes? I guarantee, with endorsements, Patrick Mahomes is making almost a billion dollars. Yeah. In, in that ten, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 and it goes from fifty. I guarantee he's in. Guarantee he's in top ten. If you include, you know, he goes it was like fifty point yep. three million a year. Yep. After you get those in there, I think you get endorsements. And and this list probably came out. Pre. Yeah. This, oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. He might be on it there with his endorsements, but even. Even at that, I mean, he he definitely has the endorsements, but it's not like a LeBron endorsement. It's not like a Michael Jordan endorsement. Lifetime, stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's and he's still young. So I turned on Sports Center before we started here this morning, and it was one of the top stories. There was Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and they're comparing the guy to Tom Brady already. They're like greatest quarterback. Is he going to surpass Tom Brady for that greatest quarterback in the NFL? He's 24 years old. So, so, 24. Yeah. And they're already and, starting those conversations, and I, man. And I hate that because, one, I don't think it's fair to compare. One, I don't think it's fair to compare a guy to the greatest of all time if he's still playing. Mm-hmm. Because something could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, huge scandal or something comes out. You know, something could happen to change that imagery. But then I also don't think it's fair to compare two people as who's which one's the greatest of all time. When they're both still playing, especially when one's you know forty some and one's twenty four, <laughs> yeah, right? Like ten years, you know, or twenty years. Patrick down. Mahomes could literally be Tom Brady's kid. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and my thing with Brady is, Brady, your your biggest thing you think of him is you think wins Super Bowls. Mahomes, I think of the whole package. I don't think it just wins. I think of stats, you know, yardage, touchdowns. I think of that. So I think it's, if you're comparing stat stat. I think Patrick Mahomes could be better than Tom Brady. Oh, he could if you he continues for like the next twenty years. Right. If you think, Absolutely. If you think of just straight up Super Bowl wins, that's tough to get. You know, six seven. That's going to be tough to get a six seven ring. You got to have. And the thing is, you know, Bill Belichick was along yeah. for Tom Brady's whole ride. Bill Belichick, the, Tom the, Brady, the, the perfect way structure, Yeah, the perfect Patriot way structure there. Mm-hmm. With the Chiefs, their defense is always questionable. You know, they get a couple stars on defense, yep. but it's never like a shut down defense like the yep. Patriots was for so many years. Yep. Their offense, I can think of three guys: Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and uh, yeah. who else you think? Sports Tyree Hill. Hill. That's yeah. the only yep. guy other guy you thinking of. And but Tyree are- Hill, he does. He has four or five like games where it's like, oh my god, he's got like. Yep. Almost 200 yards receiving, three touchdowns. The guy's fast as shit. But other than that, he's not like a guy that's day in and day out like a Michael Thomas or you know like a Sammy. You know, somebody else like that, Brandon Cooks or whatever. And then you got Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the guy on that team, just like Tom Brady was. Yeah. 
But like we said earlier, Andy Reid's not going to be there 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Yep. If, if Andy Reid's there, he's going to have to have a couple knee surgeries. He's going to need a heart, probably a heart transplant. Yeah. He's going to need to, he's probably going to be in a chair. Poor guy is getting redder and redder by the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to need a lot more cheeseburgers. Yeah. And so, but I, I gave it to him. I just think that that number. <laughs> look, look at the rest of this list here, right? So the top 20, back to that highest paid celebrities. So number eight is the Eagles at $101 million, right? And at least they're a band, so they have to share it, right? Um, number nine, Dr. Phil McGraw. So Dr. Phil on there, $95 million per year. We talked about Canela Alvarez there. Number 11, another athlete, Roger Federer, another one of those athletes that he's making a lot of that in endorsements. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in winnings too, Howard Stern, number 12, $93.2 million. Okay. And then you got an author here. So JK Rowling. So the Harry Potter's author there, $92.5 million. All right. Russell Wilson, the first, uh, NFL player on the list, yeah. right? So $90 million there. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock at number 15 at $89.7 million. Aaron Rodgers, so another quarterback there, 89.5. And then you get down to some basketball. So LeBron James, 89.2 million. And that is with the endorsements there, too, um, yeah. because he's making about 30 million a year um, playing basketball and then 50 yeah. million yeah. Um, in endorsements. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh coming in at number 18 Jeez. at 85 million there. Elton John making 84 million. And then number 20 is Jay-Z making $81.5 million. So thinking about that, I mean, there are some athletes on the list, but a majority of them aren't. And none of them, none of them on that list is 24 years old. <laughs> none of them are 24 from years Kansas, old. Not, he's not from Kansas City, but nobody plays in you know, the base out of Kansas City either. Yeah. So it's insane. It's insane. So whenever you're thinking about those high-paid athletes, I mean, all the individuals on that list, very talented, very good at what they do. Did, Put in the time to earn that money, you know, hardworking individuals with the exception of maybe Kylie Jenner. But I mean, yeah, whatever, but uh, not not even going there. But um, yeah, so whenever you're thinking about your your celebrities there, maybe reconsider. Maybe they're deserving. We both think they are. I think they are to an extent. They are. And there is something to be said there said that they're playing a game that i mean our kids play so maybe it's that but at the same time i mean kanye west taylor swift ed sharon in those top three or four there what's their risk of injury yeah i mean yeah maybe they're they're going to peak or maybe maybe their vocals are going to change but at the same time kanye's been in the game for a while so is taylor swift right yeah but it's easy to be in the rap pop game for a while they have such, such thing as auto-tune and voice effects yeah it's easy yeah. to be in music for a, for a while yeah and, and i mean go back the eagles how long have the eagles been around uh-huh. they're, again, they're still they're in there the, the top they're still in there right Come on now. so pay our athletes man pay our athletes owners if you're listening to this pay our athletes we got any more on this topic now as i can see is dollar signs now but here's so let's make the transition. You know. So so next. just to recap, he's seeing dollar signs and he doesn't have anything else to say. But he's he's gonna rant here for a little. Well, no, no, I'm just I'm just saying let, let's let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk uh 
little outlook on uh, little outlook on college sports. College sports coming we'll right next. All right, and we're back from our break here. Um, I tell you, I think I'm going to be bored this fall. Yeah, why is that, Glenn? Well, it, it's not looking good for fall sports. It's not looking good for fall sports. Especially, I mean, especially professional, a little different. Um, but as far as college sports, mm-hmm. it's not looking good at any level. Yep, D1 down to D3. It's 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 not looking good for D1, but it, if it if it ain't looking good for D1, it really isn't looking good for D2. And D3. Yeah, I was just on a call just yesterday at a the institution here, and yep. they're talking about fall sports, and we're doing everything we can. We put all the plans together to try to have to try to have some fall sports for our student athletes, and the presidents are super nervous, and understandably so. I yeah. mean, you see all the cases again. Going back, I watched Sports Center for five minutes this morning, and they talked about Patrick Mahomes, and they talked about all the COVID cases for mm-hmm. the baseball teams that are coming back, yeah. the college football teams that are starting their workouts, and um, the NBA. And yeah. it seems like every team has at least one case on it. And where there's one case, no matter what you do, our our sports are you come in contact with people. So no matter what you do, there, there's not just going to be one case on the team. Yeah, it's going to be two, three, or thirty. You know, so going back, I mean, it was it was Clemson, wasn't it? Yeah, where they had thirty cases of COVID. Yeah. So it's it's not looking great. So cross your fingers, cross all your toes that uh, that not only do we have our professional sports start up here, but uh, that we have some college football, man. Yeah. So, I, I think the the hardest part is so a Division One. Not to not to get into that topic, but if not all, but a lot of their revenue, operating revenue, comes from sports, particularly mm-hmm. football and basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's not a rumor and, and, and drama. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. It, it, for the majority of D1 programs, that is their money makers. So without those sports, not to say that these schools will suffer, because most of them are, you know, publicly and privately funded. Um, it, so not they won't necessarily suffer, but there there will be an effect most likely to other sports. Um, now, like if you look at the D2 and D3 level, they're not. You know, schools aren't. Probably maybe, maybe the exception of like North Dakota State, you know, or you know schools like that. You know, smaller, you know, ones. yeah, small D. You know, you just it's not going to be too much of an effect. The, the most of the effect is not dollar signs. It's just athletes. It is. And, yeah, and and I mean the money which we'll go over here in a minute is the most eye-opening part of it, but really breaking it down and breaking down. What colleges are there for? They're here to educate yeah. our young adults and to give them a good time while doing so. I mean, as a professor, that's that's at the roots of my passion for working in college athletics and working in the college academia yeah. is I want to prepare my students while giving them the best time as possible because it is college should be a fun time where you're putting in the work, but Hey, like they say, you you work hard and party harder. Um, and for our student athletes, man, 
it, it's depressing. We're going back to the spring where all of those athletes spring um, semesters were cut short in terms of athletics. And while the NCAA did do a solid and gave them back that eligibility, I mean, what's going to happen now? Where we're looking at fall and there might not be any sports. And they're, they're throwing around the idea that all those fall sports are going to be pr- played in the spring on top of the spring sports. I mean, it might work at a Texas yeah. A&M, but it ain't going to be easy. But looking at the D2 and D3 sport, sports um, and those colleges, like all those people in the athletic departments are already overworked and they don't have the facilities to do they it. They don't. And like you look at you look at the schools around here where you have, you know, yeah, for, you know, personal example, you know, won't won't say names, but you have, you have universities around here where you know their football field doesn't get used for just football. Yep. They get used for track, track. and field, you know, cross soccer. country, you know, cross country practices on it, mm-hmm. soccer, sometimes lacrosse, sometimes you know, lacrosse. You know, you have could so be have even field three, hockey. Three, four, five different uh-huh. sports going on at one thing, mm-hmm. but not only just for their games, but then for practices. Yep. So you have an issue of facilities. Mm-hmm. So like you said, the people in the athletic departments are already overworked mm-hmm. but then you have okay so we're gonna move everything to spring yeah. so, so they want to move everything to spring you're trying to do and, and i feel like it's the easy answer for people too it's like oh we're still gonna have those sports and it is easy answer. and and i feel like that's the case with everything related to the covid19 pandemic is we're going to try to make everybody happy mm-hmm. right and we're just going to give them the easy answer and then everything shifts whenever it gets closer. But I think the so like when they canceled all the sports for this past spring, mm-hmm. NCAA came out and said like all spring sports, like athletes, whatever, they'll be granted another year of eligibility. That's awesome. Yeah, great move by NCAA. It's how it should have been because it's not their fault. You know they couldn't play. I think what you do, and it's it, and it's terrible for students that you know are trying to get through college and you know get into the world, get jobs, whatever. But I honestly think. Instead of trying to basically turn the world upside down by moving all sports to spring, mm-hmm. you, you say, okay, so, you know, fall sports, it's your turn. You don't have fall sports. You, know, you play fall sports, we'll give you another year of eligibility or at least a you know, sem- you know, semester or something where they can, you know, they may not necessarily have to stay in college for another year. But I think you also bend the rule of the having to be enrolled full time. Yeah. To play a sport, yeah. but it's only eligible for those players, and you can't. They, they can't say that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. There's enough documentation of all these students and players. Like you could regulate it on a you know, you know, person by person basis. And there you go. You created a job. You have someone, you know, a couple people in charge of that. You know, an athletic department. Hey, look, I just created two jobs just like that. And I mean, as you're saying that, and from an academic standpoint, give them the scholarship and let them do a master's or something. Yeah. You know, so yeah. let let them get out of here with. And a little extra bang for their buck. Um, I just, I think, I think it's, you didn't want spring athletes, spring sport athletes to play with those, with those threats, you know, mm-hmm. with the, with the likelihood of someone getting sick. Why you want to try to put fall athletes through it? And, and, I, I'm not saying the risk yeah. is the more diminished. Yep. I'm just saying that if there's a chance that you're going to make the, the institution, the people working at the institution, the students and everybody's life more hectic trying to do things in the spring. And that takes away from spring sports yeah. you because know, they're going to, they're going to suffer too. Mm-hmm. So I say you do what you did in the spring. You say, Hey, we can't play this, you know, this fall winter. 
you're going to get another year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be enrolled full time. So even if you graduate, yeah, you, know, you can still come back and play yeah. or or take those scholarships and put it towards um, put towards a master's or something or a minor or something else. Yeah, minor. You know, give, but, give them something. But I, and it should it should be up to the student athlete in that is like, hey, like I'm finished. I graduated. I have my bachelor's degree yeah. in kinesiology or sport management or whatever it is. And I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. Okay, let them come back. Let them come back as a still a student athlete, not taking any classes. I mean, probably not a favorable decision in that. In terms of like the NCAA would be all yeah. over that. Well, they're not student athletes anymore. But let it happen, man. These are unprecedented time. Let them have it. Yeah, I mean, the the big difference is you know D one athletes, you know, particularly your bigger sports, you know. Baseball, softball, basketball, football, you know, soccer, things like that. So that if you have a legitimate good shot of making it in the pros or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going to a D1 school mm-hmm. and you're going through that whole process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you have a bunch of athletes in D2, D3 that are have prospects of going pro. So it's more academic mm-hmm. than it is that. Like, yeah, I get it. You want your four years of playing time, whatever. I understand that. But it's more academic. I mean, looking at a list of the top athletically, you know, athletically ranking of E2 schools, top schools. How many of these have you heard of? University of California, San, yeah, San Diego. Is that, is that like Cal? Yeah, not like Cal. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Bentley University, Truman State, Grand Valley State. You know, you might have heard a couple of these. You know, you might have heard of Cal State, you know, Polytechnic. Yeah. And you've heard of. Um, I mean, if you're big into D2 sports, you probably have, but yeah. as an average fan out there that if you looked at the D1 schools and had like a Texas A&M, a, uh, an Alabama, an Auburn, a Penn State, yeah, you, you've heard of those. You want to hear some good stuff? Uh-huh. So this is a – so there's like – this goes down into the hundreds. But what's interesting is just from us as you know academically and, and locally standpoint – we get down to number 24 on the list, and we have Westchester. Westchester University, University of Pennsylvania. Right outside of Philadelphia. And we get down to 26, and we have Gannon University. Gannon. And, and Westchester is probably in, in the state of Pennsylvania. It's still a public school, right? So yeah. it's one of those PA schools um, that's funded by the government there. But they're, they're doing well for themselves. Gannon. Slippery Rock. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of – uh, Yeah, so, so the, the thing is – my thing is – Looking at the list of D2 schools, I don't just look at these schools as, oh, hey, you know, kids playing football for mm-hmm. Truman State University, mm-hmm. you know, they're going in the NFL draft. Yep. It's not happening. Yep. So I, I just think if you want to benefit to do more for the kids, it's going to suck. But you say, hey, no fall sports. You guys get another year of eligibility. Yep. And that's going to suck for, you know, the NCAA to bite that bullet and come out and, you know, say that. Cause and my thing is, too, I, I want the NCAA to say that because right now there's schools in Pennsylvania, for example, that their presidents aren't supporting bringing back athletics. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe over in Ohio or New York, the presidents at those institutions are like, yeah, we're letting fall sports happen as yeah. of right now. So you have these PA athletes that are like, hey, I'm going to transfer to such and such university in in yeah, Ohio because exactly. I'm still having fall sports, and that's not a big change for me. And I'm going to transfer there, finish my uh, 
academics and maybe even my athletic career there. So it's there's so many different angles to it, so many just issues and concerns to it. But going back, taking all the things that we just said, still still taking them into account, but looking at it from with blinders on maybe and from the most positive sides. Could you imagine a spring with all the sports with us? Spring basketball, so you got March Madness, you got college football going on too, you got all the sports happening there. Oh my God, talk about a sports fan's dream. Yeah. But then, then again, as I say that, I think about how if you have NCAA college football going on, the NFL draft is in the spring. Yeah. So do you have your top uh, college athletes there even playing? Where if they're projected to be in the top five or a first-round draft pick, are you going to risk it? No, you're not. Because it's it comes down to... It just it comes down to like like you made the, it comes down to ac- you know, academically, you know what do you want to do, mm-hmm. and athletically, you know is it worth the risk? Especially at these smaller schools, you gotta know. Hey, I'm not one bro. You know what I mean? It's just like is it worth the you know? It's just it's it's and to me it's it's not worth the risk. You know, I I am part of a age group where. Because the first, you know, first cases come out, says, oh, it affects you know, elderly and the very young. So they they say, you know, middle-aged people, you know, you're the most healthy, blah blah blah. So now all the kids my age are out there going, oh yeah, like I have so many friends right now that are in Florida and at the beaches and stuff mm-hmm. that are still open. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like yes, you might not have get the symptoms and such, but you're carrying it. So my biggest worry was all these sports coming back is, but all these college kids and stuff that are out there doing that stuff. Coming back, well, I feel fine. I don't have any symptoms. I don't have a fever or anything, but they have it. And yep. all it takes is one. Once yep. one person has it, you know what a college football sports environment mm-hmm. looks like. Once one has it, they all have it. And yep. it's an epidemic of, uh, you know, call of cases, you know, all on that campus. And you're shutting, and then, then it becomes on a uh, school by school case. Yep. Because then you know one school has it. Well, they got buddies down at another school. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, it goes and it just spreads like wildfire. Yeah, it's it's like a virus, right? It's like a freaking virus. Where'd we just got the, uh, the the definition of a virus. And we just discovered what a virus was. And a pandem- pandemic. Wow, at that. So scary times, scary times still in the flu season. And that's my thing, too, is that all the fall stuff are being made. Of, oh, it's, it's going to be the flu season, and uh, it's going to spread even more so. But then going back to the spring, the spring is flu season too. Yep. Maybe even the more of the heart of flu season. So yeah. pushing everything back to the spring probably probably isn't going to be the answer. But uh, let's let's switch over here and talk about the financial standpoints of it. Yeah. So we talked about the finances with Patrick Mahomes and athlete salaries uh, going back a, a couple minutes ago now. So we got the old trusty Forbes up here, and we have college football's most valuable teams in 2019. So looking at college football, D1 institutions, all of them are D1, and it's the sport's 25 most valuable programs, and they combine to earn an average of $1.5 billion in profit. Yeah. Okay, so the 25 most valuable programs, college football, average $1.5 million in profit that they're making. Okay, their annual revenues on average, $2.7 billion. So these top 25 programs bringing in 
$2.7 billion on average for each of them. That's astronomical. It's astronomical. And thinking about it, these college football programs help fund all the other sports on campus. Yeah. So you have number one is Texas A&M out of the SEC. Okay, they're bringing in in terms of um, profit. Hold on, let me see here. Ninety-four million dollars. Okay, so there's three-year average from 2016 to 2019. Ninety-four million dollars in profit. That must be nice. Okay, so that's how much money they're bringing in, and that helps fund all the other sports there. Okay, so whether it be men's and women's basketball, baseball, all the way to equestrian, right? That's yeah. helping to fund all of those. Yeah. So if you don't have college football, these other sports are going to suffer too. Yeah. Um, looking at number two, you have Texas there. So staying in the state of Texas. So Texas, out of the Big 12, their three-year average profit is $92 million. Michigan at number three, bringing in... $83 million per year. Alabama, $61 million. Ohio State's number five, bringing in a profit of $75 million. So all of these schools, man, they're bringing in so much money through football. Um, just rounding out the list. So that was the top five. Six is Oklahoma. Seven's Georgia. Eight's Notre Dame. Nine's Florida. Auburn's number 10. You got LSU there at 11. So our uh, defending national champions, right, at LSU, they're bringing in – or they brought in $73 million last year. Pocket change. Tennessee, number 12. Penn State, number 13. Penn State bringing in $54 million through football. And then you got, for the rest of the top 25 here, 14th Oregon, 15th Florida State, 16. You have a tie between South Carolina and Arkansas. Um, 18 USC. And the most surprising thing that always gets me about this list mm -hmm. is Arkansas yep. at 16, uh -huh. um, Mississippi at 24, mm -hmm. and then at number 25, Clemson University. Yeah. And and that, I think I think that this may be updated. This this might be a year out of date or so. It's it's 2016 Clemson, to 2019. So. Okay, so so Clemson's probably a little closer to. Yeah, yeah a they're, to the they're on the rise, trending, right? But at the same time, <laughs> you have all this money coming in. Ole Miss and Arkansas. Yeah, that's all this money coming in that's feeding not just – when we say it, it, it pays for the other sports, it's not just that it – it's not that it's just that it oh, helps to get them, you know, their new uniforms, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Adidas and Nike and all them, if they're not giving the schools their uniforms for free – Yep. It's significantly discounted. Yep. But you're, but you're talking about scholarships. And I feel like when I talk about scholarships at a D2, D3 level, you think of – when I hear scholarship, I think of, okay, opportunity for someone to play sports while getting an education. When I think of scholarship at D1, I think of this kid's coming to play football or basketball. Oh, yeah. But it's academically too. So every every you know these sports aren't happening, so the less money that's coming in, less scholarships that are out there, it's not just a kid not being able to play basketball. It's a kid that's not that either can't get an education or is going to struggle getting that education, you know, paying for it financially. And we're not going to get into it, but that then leads into should you know, college athletes get paid or whatever. That's a whole other debate. But I just think that there's people think of the, you know, 
oh, you know, we're, we're still going to try to have them. We'll do whatever we push. But there's so many down the, the trickle-down effect, so many that suffer. Yeah. And, and it's crazy. And it is. I mean, COVID's having a lot of implications on on society. And it is. If, if there's no fall sports, those student-athletes, what's making them come back to school? What's making them continue their education? Yeah. What's keeping even going to the spring? I mean, if there are sports in the spring, are they going to come back? Or is that three or four months off where student athletes are trying to figure out their lives? This is a crucial time for in, in not, not only just your growing up and your development. I mean, yeah. are you going to get a job to help pay for things? Um, and you said it a little bit earlier about like kids transferring, you know, to, to, to other schools, stuff, but you think of recruiting too, you know, so we're, you know, school in Pennsylvania might have kids coming in from California, Washington, Texas, things like that. There's a chance that's not happening anymore, whether it's because where they're from have higher cases and can't travel or whether it's because, hey, you know, I want to be closer to home, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice going from a D1 to a D2 or a lower D2 school so I can be closer to home with family, things like that. So you have, you don't have the pool of athletes, you know, to recruit from anymore. And then, like you said, like transferring, you know, I know that if I was a college athlete right now and I know that I was from an area that had higher cases or, or was kind of back and forth with it, I'd want to be close to home. Yep. I want to be close to family so that at least if I did get sick or somebody got sick, I was at least close by to help out. That's just the, the family. Absolutely. Kind of and, me. and it's true. To think about. <clears throat> and, and most student athletes, I mean, got there because of the support from family too. So they're going to be family yeah. type oriented individuals that are going to want to stay close to home and maybe sacrifice their education and, um, even even their athletic careers because of it. Yeah. Um. All the way up from D one down to to uh, D three there, where it's it's scary, man. And in the education part, again, um, a little sensitive to that, but it's it's going to be scary to that to see how our institutions fare with it, um, and if they can really survive because a lot of them are hurting right now. Yeah. And uh, sports are a big part of the institution platform that a uh, whole college experience in that. So, so what, so what's funny is, so <clears throat> I looked up, I wanted to get a, a good look at like a map. And as far as, um, you know, how cases are spread out from the United States, just thinking about like schools and stuff. So like your top schools you think of like that are on those lists, you know, in California, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Pennsylvania, um, Ohio, Florida, they're all, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, they're all states that are in the top five, you know, at least top 10 of higher cases of, of COVID. But so, and that's also the states where most of your recruits are coming from, you know, especially D1 program recruits. The more populated areas. Yes. So you got all your cases coming there. So if you want all those students to transfer to schools that, you know, are less likely to have cases and things like that, everybody's moving to Montana. I'm not going to Montana State to play you know, D1 football in hopes of being you know, the next Patrick Mahomes. It's not happening. Yeah. You know, the next day after that's Wyoming. So everybody's moving out to Yellowstone National Park <clears throat> and playing a pickup football game and, you know, next to Buffalo and 
suffering underneath old faithful. Guess <laughs> what's going to happen? If Sounds beautiful. Let's get that on ESPN. That would be that'd be. I think we make a instead of a field of dreams. Now I think we move everything to go to the national park and, and make it. You know, field of no COVID. Yeah, field of no COVID. So I just I don't know. It's, it's tough. The outlook isn't good, and as as much as I'd like as much as I want sports back, I would rather sacrifice a fall of no sports mm-hmm. for the sake of the athletes, the sake of the institutions, the sake of the people working those athletic events. As someone who works those athletic events, I don't want to deal with that. One, you know, the, you know, August and September, you know, it's still going to be hot and stuff. I don't want to be running around wearing a mask. You know, I don't want to be running around, you know, just having to go all those extra steps to, to make something possible that's already difficult enough yep. you know, you know, to deal with. So... Yeah, just it's yeah. Do it for the kids, man. Do I'll take Penn State's line for for uh, for Thon. Yeah, for the kids. Do it for the kids. Give give them another year eligibility and and be done with that. Yeah, let's clean this up. Let's get COVID in our true past, and let's let's move on from this stronger, and let's just get it done already. Yeah, uh, now I did see that they just announced. Um, we're, we're kind of getting to the end here, so we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping up. But I did just see that uh, they just said that or the what, uh, ICE wants to, if you are here from another country studying, if your classes are online, you know, they, they, they prefer you go back home. Yeah. So, I don't know. I say make everything online for the fall. Give athletes another... Uh, Give athletes another uh, go. Yeah, give them, give them another go. Give them another you know year eligibility. Move fall and winter sports to the next fall winter, and then once we get a little closer to spring, we'll take it from there. But I, if things keep going the way they're going, I think you're going to see the same as you issue yep. coming into spring sports. Yep, give us our professional sports back because we need sports. I don't care what it is at this point. I'll watch some cornhole. I'll watch. Uh, the, the hot dog eating competition. Shout out to uh, Chestnut, Joey man. Chestnut and Joey Chestnut. And what was my what guy. was what was the lady's name too? She set a world record for the I women's side. Uh, I sorry, I didn't sorry. see it this year. Yeah, I, I watched it. It was it was different, man. It yeah. was they were in like this little warehouse where they just had the camera cameraman for the different uh, media outlets there. Um, they had the same guy that was like hosting it. That was like the voice, okay. uh, the yeah. pump up guy. And then they had like the spit shields on the sides and stuff. Really? And then just the judges. So there might have been like whew, like 15 people in attendance. It, it was different. Um, but yeah, two world records made. One for the women's side. And Joey Chestnut breaking his record there too. And, uh, That's a world record lot, that I don't want. Because I feel like there's a lot just of hot dogs, man. Week. I think I feel like it's just a week of misery. Oh yeah. After that. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a binge and purge as soon yeah, as they're done with their interview. There's, there's no way. I, I forget how, how many did he eat. Was it like seventy something? Too many. Like seventy six or something. Too many. Yeah, don't don't quote me on that one. Can you imagine that man's grocery list? Like every week you're going. But to he's buy like. Buns and hot dogs. He's like. Kind of fit though too. Where like there's this other guy that's he's been no doing slouch. it. He's no slouch. Yeah, I mean you would think he's like a tank weighing in at like five hundred pounds or whatever. But he's not like, yeah. And a lot of them are like. There was this one guy that, um, like his intro that they were talking about was uh, he works out at Gold's Gym. He's like got like the Arnold Schwarzenegger type build to him, and yeah. he had like forty something hot dogs. 
It's like, holy man. No. And then there's this other guy, uh, a fan favorite, Badlands Booker. Mm-hmm. You remember that guy? Yeah. Where he's like got his little rap career. Yeah. And yeah. and he <laughs> he's a big dude. But like other than that, like fit They're individuals athletes, like throwing down throwing down uh these are high stakes oh man strategically prepared athletes you're talking about yeah yeah, but yeah I gave it to it's him. a mental mental game and there's definitely a physical side to it how many hot dogs can you shove in your mouth at the same time but uh yeah, yeah. yeah. shout go. out to uh nathan's hot dogs there so yeah sponsor nathan's hot dogs sponsor us right I'm a, I'm a nathan we'll guy. do it we how many hot dogs do you think you can throw back Right now, right like now. just in general, at, at at your top performance. At my top performance, like if I went like a day or two without eating, or ever like preparing for this, you know, I think with buns and all, yeah, I could probably down. If I was just in a just in a normal circumstance, I could probably do. I'd probably do like ten. Ten? Maybe I could push, but if, but if I'm like if I start myself for like a day and a half, two days or something, I could probably get that to 15, 20. Like yeah, I, like, I, I think I could. Throw them down. That's the thing too with Nathan's, right? So I'm used to like I like the bun length ones, yes. but Nathan's hot dogs are big, man. Yeah. Like whenever they were like breaking them in half and shove, I was like, holy cow, that's, that's a big hot dog. It's all about it's all about you, you, you just swallow whole. You, you know, chew them up real good. Like, what do you do? And just yeah, I, there's a little bit of chewing that happens there, but not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> and like, they soak that bread there in like their yeah. little. Uh, let's get let's get uh, Joey Chestnut making like 50, 50 mil a year. Yeah, dude. Like Patrick Mahomes level. I wonder what that. I don't that think Patrick Mahomes could eat seventy some hot dogs. No, he ain't. No, no, he ain't. Joey no. Chestnut better than Patrick Mahomes. We'll end with that. So thank you for listening to Clayton and Jimmy here at the Haven Underground Podcast. We'll be with you with our next segment next week. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening. For Stay good. safe. And I hope your all of your fingers are intact from the Fourth of July. Fingers and every other appendages. Appendages. Good night.